Uh, so it's a new year, uh, and there are all sorts of possibilities ahead, and it's why we're picking up in our study. If you were here last Sunday on the 31st, we ended the year, and Stephen helped us by giving the comparison that Paul gives in the letter at, uh, at the beginning of chapter 3, that there is milk to be eaten, right? Milk to be ingested, and milk is good, but there was a call to, to eat solid food. In other words, there's a call to maturity. And he ended with the question, where do we need to grow up and eat solid food? As you looked at last year, where were there areas in your life, whether it's spiritually, whether it's just in your career, as a parent, as a single person, whatever, where is it that God is leaning into you to grow and mature? Um, and, and maturity is something that we're all doing, whether you're new to following Jesus or you're 20, 30, 40 years into following Jesus, there's always room to grow. Well, we're gonna pick up on that because growth is something that we all look at throughout the year, but particularly, I think, in January, more than anything, or at least in the first week of January, uh, there are resolutions or things that we have determined in our mind, even though we're seven days in and we failed at a few of them. Can we agree? We put some things out there and we're already behind. That's okay. We want to think about today, what does growth look like? What does it actually, uh, is there a visual that we can hold on to, to tell us that we're growing? And the good news is, it just so happens that the text we're going to read from uh, 1 Corinthians 3 verses 5 through the end of the chapter, give us two visuals that can mark out today and for the rest of the year our pathway towards growth. So let's just read a little bit. We're going to read the rest of the chapter. I'm going to take a few verses, explain, we'll kind of make our way along. We'll read from verses 5 to 8. He says, What after all is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Uh, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will be rewarded according to their own labor. There are two visuals. There's the visual of farming, and then there's the visual of building, and these, both these visuals speak to the same thing, so in looking at both of them, and we will this morning, I have three thoughts for you, no matter whether you're looking at personal growth, growth in your finances, growth in your health, growth in your relationship with the people you love and with God. Three things that could help us as we determine this year to eat solid food, as we heard last week, to grow. Number one, and write these three down, they're not simple, but they're not automatic. Number one, Growth in following Jesus ought to be our primary goal. Um, all of us have a list of things that we want to do or, or get accomplished. And the challenge with a large list of things is the larger the list, the more easy it is for the most important things to fall lower than their actual level of importance. And I just want to state the obvious, if you are following Jesus, if you're not yet following Jesus, then I would say when you start following him, Following Jesus ought to always be, and at the outset of the year, it needs to be reminded, our primary goal, if we, if we fail to give attention to our life with God 
and focus on our marriage or on our parenting or on our business, it's possible to even succeed in that area and do well and yet miss the point of life. Jesus wants us to primarily follow after him. And so where do we get that? The context of what Paul's saying in here is the, the church in Corinth and chapters one, two, and three have all been about the same thing. They've gotten off track. Um, and rather than following Jesus as their primary goal, they started to attach themselves within the church, which is the human nature, to go after other leaders. So some would say, I follow Paul, who planted the church. And others say, no, 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 I follow Apollos, who at the time is the main teacher in the church. And others said, I follow the most important thing. And Paul's been saying in many ways, and now in the visual of the farmer, that we want to farming analogy. About farming. So, and then you have waiting farming life. That's watering, and there's waiting. So, when we do the right thing at the right time and we wait, Patiently, we can expect that growth will happen in time. And, and so none of these are the only important thing. And I think that's his point. Uh, Paul had his part to play in the church, but it's just one part. Apollos is having his part to play in the church. It's just one part. It's, it's Jesus who makes things grow, right? God's the one who makes things grow. So we can do our part and be patient, expecting God to grow us. So, so growth in relationship with Jesus ought to be the primary thing that we want and go after in life. Other goals are important. They're just secondary. Now, one other dimension, which he's talking about here because he's comparing. Some of you say, you follow me. Some say you follow other leaders is he brings us back to the reality that there's no one more important than Jesus and we need to give allegiance to him because in, in Corinth, they look down the elites, the important people, they look down on manual labor. And, and so farming wasn't like seen as this glorious like career choice. And notice what Paul does subtly. He says, I am a farmer. I am a servant. He he calls himself, like the founder of the church, simply a servant, someone who waits on tables. And he says, Apollos, he's just a servant, and Cephas is just a servant. We're all servants. We're all farmers. We're all in this together. So when we say that we ought to make Jesus the primary pursuit this year, I'm not suggesting to you that like, you need to do that, and I already have that done. No, we're all in the same position. Every day is an opportunity to pursue something, someone, some focus. The question is, this year, will we follow Jesus together? And Paul gives the reason why this is important, that we have this singular focus, is because God alone can make things grow. And so thinking through this farming analogy, everyone has a part to play. So Paul plants and Apollos waters it. There's no one to teach in the church if Apollos didn't. Uh, allow himself to be used by God to plant it. Cephas has his other responsibilities. Everyone has their all responsibilities. But in the end, you can plant, but only God can make things grow. 
And you can water, but only God can make things grow. So the farmer, the rightful farmer knows that, that their effort is, is limited. It's important, but it's limited. God alone can provide the oxygen. God alone can provide the sunlight. God alone can provide what he implanted in the DNA of the seed. Only God in the end can make things grow. But notice the tension here. And I think this, is, this just speaks to life in 2024. Um, I, I can do my part. So, so Paul does say, I planted the seed. I, I, I did my part, um, which is just a good reminder. Uh, God is not going to open the Bible for me. <laughs> He's not. So, so God alone can make things grow. Let's get this right. Jesus is to be our primary pursuit. Jesus is worthy of all praise and all attention. And he's supposed to be, you know, first and foremost. Right, right. But, and, and God's not going to dictate the 24 hours in your day. Now, what, what time are you going to go to bed? Is, gonna, is God going to drop you to sleep at 10 p.m.? No. Like, you're going to have to make some choices about how much rest you're going to get. Um, God is not going to spend the money that is in your account. Right? You're going to spend it. I'm going to spend it. And, and, and so God's not going to force me to be in passionate pursuit and relationship with him. Now, he loves me, hear me, and he's always inviting me. No matter how far I stray from God, he is shouting to me and to you, come, come to me, come. Come with your burdens, come with your troubles, come with your history, come, come with the things that you're proud of, come with the things that I'm proud of, come with all of it, come with the baggage, come to me. But, but, but God's not going to take over my car on Sunday morning and drive it to church, to the gathering, right? Unless you have a Tesla, he can, he can overtake the system, and he can maneuver your vehicle by remote, evidently, and he can get you here, right? But for those of us who don't own one, we're actually going to get in the vehicle, and we're going we're gonna to choose to be here. And it's kind of funny, but it just reminds ourselves, when it, when it comes to farming, the farmer knows that their work matters and their timing matters. Plant at the wrong time and you may not get the crop, right? And, and don't water, neglect the irrigation and it won't be all it could be. So there is something for you and I to do. Yet the tension, and this is always gonna be the tension in the Christian life, is God's the one who actually can bring things towards growth. God is the one alone who can bear fruit in our lives. God alone is the one who can open our eyes to see the Bible as truthful. God alone is the only one who can lead us and guide us. And so God is working and I am working. So here's the reminder this year. And again, this is so simple, but it's not simplistic. Growth isn't automatic. And we just need to be reminded. And again, this comes in the discussion with a loving leader to a church that's gotten off in their priorities. They're focused on the factions in the church. I'm a part of this group, you're a part of this group. And he's saying, no, no, there's only one church in Corinth. Everyone who belongs to Jesus, Jesus needs to be primary and we need to get our priorities right. And at the outset of the year, this is just good. This is good news to us. So let me ask the, the pointed question. Will you grow this year in your Devotion to Jesus, in your fruitfulness to Jesus, in your how you know him and how he's transforming you. And my answer is maybe. 
I have no idea if you will grow this year. But you can determine to grow this year as you actively pursue him, knowing that God is gonna take the little that we sow and the little that we pour in, he's gonna multiply it, and he's longing to multiply his love in you. In the words of Jesus, ask and you will what? Receive. Seek and you will what? And then knock and what? The door will be open. Don't ask, don't seek, don't knock, don't get. And some of us want God to grow us deeply. You're like, God, I'm desperate. And he's saying, I've shown you how. Now walk with me. Open your eyes and look to me and I will lead you to life. Look, you will grow if you passionately pursue him. All right, that's just the first one. Let's just keep reading. And there's another thought that we ought to be reminded of. Verse nine, we'll pick it up from there. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. For by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one of you should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light and it will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved even though as only one escaping through the flames. So we have this picture of farming, the, the tension between the farmer plants, but it's God who makes things grow. And then, and then he uses the building analogy. Second thought that I think we ought to consider at the beginning of the year is that growth is something we pursue together. The the analogy, you could easily get lost, think, well, what am I building? And actually, he's, he's speaking to something that we are building together. Remember, the conversation is about how they've gotten off track. And their, their church, uh, the church of Corinth, meets in multiple homes. They don't have any buildings yet. And so they meet in multiple houses, but he wants to remind them, they all belong to Jesus. They're united in Christ. They've all received the same Holy Spirit. They've all been given the same word of God. They've all been given the same future hope that they're gonna be with Jesus and his people forever, right? So, so there's this building that, that God is up to, but it's easy to get thrown off. So he says, the foundation has already been laid. And it's Jesus. Jesus is the one we're building our life on. Not 26 West Church, not a particular strand of Christianity, not American Christianity. No, no, our foundation is Jesus, right? And it's our relationship with him that grounds everything. And then he says in verse nine, we are God's co-workers in God's service and you all together, collectively, we all together, like we're a building. So, so you have a real part to play. And I think part of, and it's connected to our growth, I want to grow this year, right? I want to grow in closeness with God. Well, there's farming to be involved. There's, there's something that I'm engaged in knowing that God is the one who gives me the ability to have seed to plant, and God is the one who waters, and God is the one who makes things grow, but he uses people. This is this weird inter interplay. Yes, we follow God, 
And yes, we want to grow in him, but how do we actually grow? And he says, well, I, I help build. And so there are people in your life right now that God wants to use to grow you. And this is encouraging. Uh, yes, time with me and little Daisy and Jesus, like it matters. Like that life with God where it's you just laying your heart before him, being honest before him, that matters. And the discipline of finding space in a crowded world to spend quiet time with God is so essential in a noisy world. The world's getting noisier and noisier from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. You are just being bombarded. I'm being bombarded from the moment we wake. So there is something beautiful. And if you want to grow this year, carving time where you disconnect things, whatever it is that you need to disconnect. I happen to read the Bible electronically. Some say, don't do that. Read a printed page. All my Bible resources are electronic so it's easy for me because as I'm reading the Bible electronically, I can immediately click and, and get the background and the information. So I, I'm mostly digital, right? But I think for many, we need to disconnect from digital because as you're reading the Bible, the devil is sending you emails and, 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 and the devil's causing your mind to float towards TikTok and everything else, right? And, and, and so whatever, whatever discipline you use, the you and Jesus time really matters. But sometimes we can get off and think, well, that's how I grow. No, that's one dimension of your growth. A large dimension of your growth is community-driven. That is, God puts people in your life. Like, uh, whenever you listen to a, a podcast that has, like, some sort of scriptural teaching or some Bible encouragement or just some, some general thing about Jesus, well, God is using Everyone on that team that put that podcast together, from the communicator to the tech to everything else, for you to receive from God. As we're gathered here, just think about how many people it took for you to be listening right now. I'm the only one with a microphone right now, but there are probably 50, 60 people that touched the environment for you to be here, from the person who cleaned the floor to the person who set your chair to the person who brewed the coffee to the people who got the donuts to the people who are gonna tear down to the people doing the tech. Oh, oh this is, and, and when you walk away and say, man, I really met with God, well, you actually met with God and his people. So, so let's just remind ourselves that, that there, is, there is a community element. So what are we supposed to do? I, lo I love his statement. We're all building, like we're all farmers. God's provided us with the ability to grow as we sow seed towards relationship with him. He is going to grow us. And we've all been given things that God's put in our hands for the good of others. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's not a secret, but a growing Jesus people are people who are giving their lives away for the good of others. Growing Jesus people are not just receiving content. They're putting what they learn into practice for the good of others. And if you want to grow this year, uh, help yourself by asking other people around you, where do you see God at work in me? 
The people who know you and love you already know how God's wired you. Where do you see God at work in me so that you'll be attuned to the things that you're called to do to build up God's people? And when you and I focus on others and giving ourselves away to build up other people in the faith, then of course God's gonna give you the power. Uh, so we together are Jesus's people. And, and here's the encouragement. The people that are gonna help grow you this year are probably sitting right beside you right now. Now, there are people that you're related to that God wants to use to grow you. There are people that are in your community group that God wants to use to grow you. There are people in this room that God wants to use to grow you. So here's our invitation. All of us, if we wanna grow in Jesus, we want to build with care. So, so that's where verses 12 and following. If anyone builds on this foundation using, and then he lists out six things, gold, silver, costly stones, or, and that's one category, and then wood, hay, and straw is another category, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. So there, he, he lists out six different things that you can build with, gold and silver and, and costly, and then wood and hay and straw, and, and it's pretty obvious there are some things that are gonna stick when fire's put to it. There's some things that are gonna burn. There, there, there's an intentional way to build that's thoughtful and careful and will last. And then there's just haphazard. And when you light fire to it, and this fire here is just this reminder, right? That at the end of all things, we're all gonna stand before Jesus, who is the king of the universe, and give an account for our lives. And that's what he's leaning in on. That as we're choosing to follow Jesus today, at the end of all days, God's gonna give an account. And this isn't the account on who's in and who's out. That's not what he's referring. Because he says, even those whose things are burned up, they will be saved. Even those though they escape through the fire. It's simply the reality that some of us can build well while others are not very thoughtful. And here's why he says... How we build, how we pour into the lives of others, how we uh, make ourselves available to be used by God for the good of the church. Here's why this matters. And, and his analogy here is like, some's gonna be burned up and some's gonna last. He's using the analogy of gold, silver, and costly stones because what are the materials that are in the Jewish temple in Jerusalem that is standing at the time that he writes the letter? Gold and silver and costly stones. What he's simply saying by way of analogy is when we build, let's remember what we're building. We're not just building into good relationships. We're not just building into things that are nice. No, we're building into something that is a temple. That is, you and I belong to Jesus together and God really wants to grow us. And where is God's presence right now? Now this is radical, because they're in Corinth, not in Jerusalem. And in his day, the temple that was seen as the place where Yahweh dwells was in Jerusalem, not in Corinth. But he's saying, in light of Jesus' death and resurrection, now the very presence of God is wherever his people are. Whenever we're together, 
God's presence is there, which is why. It's the motivation, which is why I want to make my life available to God and whatever God wants to do, I want to simply be a part of what God is doing and I want to be used in whatever way he wants me to be used and I want to be able to be giving whatever God wants me to give and I want to be intentional. I'm not going to be haphazard. Wood, hay, straw. I'm not going to be careless. No, I'm going to remember that my life matters because I belong to Jesus and your life matters because you belong to Jesus and so our life together really matters. Now, let's get practical. How can we build with care? And I want to give you a few suggestions that are super obvious. But again, this is simple, but it's not simplistic. I think the first is this. We ought to prioritize worship and learning together. If we're going to build, right, with care, we need to show up to the building site and be together. And so that means I, I would say to you, if you want to build intentionally gold, silver, costly stones, like give your best to God because it matters to him and what he's doing in the lives of other people matters to him. Remember that whenever we gather, you are the person that God wants to use to build someone else in the faith. Not the preacher, not the worship leader, not the teachers who are overseeing our kids, not the musicians. Yeah, they all have their part. Paul, Paulus, Cephas, everyone has their part. But what would it look like if we all saw ourselves as the very people God wants to use? And what if we came into gatherings thoughtfully to say, God, how can I be used? What if we all prayed on the way here? God, how can I be used for the good of someone this morning? God, is there someone who needs a smile? God, is there someone who needs encouragement? God, is there, is, is there some verse from the Bible that I've read this week that you want me to pass on to someone else? God, is there someone that you want to connect me with this Sunday that you want me to have coffee with on Tuesday because their life matters? If we all saw building each other up in the faith as a primary objective, then we would prioritize. If, if And I'll be blunt. If, if this is just coming to check the box, then in the end, it's, it's kind of like wood, hay, and straw. If it's coming just to receive alone, that's only part of the equation. Now, yes, come to receive. I come to church to receive. But not just to receive, but also to give. And when you see yourself as a participant, the gathering actually has more importance. Because otherwise, let's not kid ourselves. Pajamas, donuts, coffee, and watch this on Sunday afternoon in between football games. If this whole gathering is just about like being there for the live presentation, then I think we're missing the gist of it. No, we are the people of God. We belong to Jesus together. And that means anyone is useful at any point in time as God opens the doors. I think another thing that we can do this year is press in and prioritize life with people within this church. If we're builders, right, and God's using us to, to grow his presence in our lives, for us, the primary way that we use is our community groups. They launch again, meeting formally uh, at the end of this month, and they meet for eight weeks, and we pause for a spring break, and then they meet for another eight weeks, and then we pause for the summer, and then we start again in the fall, and we meet and we pause for Thanksgiving to Christmas, and we do all this rhythmically. Why? Because the more relationship I'm building into the lives of other people in our church, the more opportunities I'm giving for God 
to work through these other people for my good. So please make time for people within your group. If you're not yet in one, Stephen's here and our team is here and we have space and we will get you in one of these community groups that start at the end of this month. But the reason we live this way is because you, you don't grow in groups of 400. You grow in groups of four, five, six, ten. And you don't just grow by showing up to the gathering and then showing up to that community group gathering. It's actually more intentional than that. We want to build with gold and silver and costly stones. We want to invest our time and life and energy into those people. So I would encourage you, if you're in a group, can you grow your commitment to those people this year? Can you choose them as part of your life's priorities? Why? You're like, well, they're, they're just not like naturally my kind of person or, you know, that, that's not, we, we go to church together, but, you know, we're not exactly aligned in these other areas. And this is where, again, we get to sacrifice for the good of others and realize that they matter to Jesus, therefore they matter to me. And here's this, a reminder, how we live and what we do really, 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 really matters. And so we serve a God who loves us and a God who's filled with grace and mercy. And if last year was a wreck, I am so sorry. And if you weren't so wayward in your relationship with Jesus in the last six to 12 months, I am so sorry. But you are one step away from a whole new year and that is we simply return. The Bible uses the word repentance, which is a change of mind, is a turning of direction towards Jesus and we just come back. And so don't let last year or last week's struggle keep you from growth this week, but rather press in. We are a temple. That's why it says, verse, 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? And if anyone destroys God's temple, and listen to this warning, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you, and underline this word, together are that temple. Later in the letter, Paul's gonna say to every believer, you individually are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so that is true. The Spirit of Jesus, when you uh, turn to him and receive the good news, God's Spirit now lives inside of you. But that's not his visual here. His visual here is, you are all building blocks, costly stones, gold, silver. You all belong to the temple, the place where God's presence dwells. And so what does that mean? We've got to think about these visuals. We have a building with multiple parts. We have a field with seed and soil and water. Uh, the point is we need each other. And so growth happens together. And we're going to come back to this when we get to chapters 12 through 14, which really deal with how we interplay with one another and how we grow each other. But I think at this stage, we could just make a summary statement. We ought to value the good thing that God is doing here and not make light of the church. There's a tendency because people within church have been harmful. And is that true or untrue? It's true. I've been harmful. You've been harmful. There are things that we do to one another intentionally. I think oftentimes it's unintentional. And we just hurt one another. And so 
We have to be honest that sometimes church is not a place we want to grow deeply with. But here's where we need to push back in light of the truth. We collectively are God's temple. We collectively are God's people, God's church, where his presence dwells. And so we shouldn't make light of the beautiful thing that God is doing. And we should never think too lowly of my responsibility in God's church. So uh, I love Jesus, but I'm gonna ignore God's church. When you read texts like this, make no sense because you and I fit within a body, within a building, within a framework. It's never just me and Jesus. It's always we and Jesus. This is how God's designed us to grow. So let me just give you the warning. Everything in life this year is going to come against you to keep you from growing with God's people. Your, um, your hobbies will be a blessing and could be a curse. Your career path or your educational path or the things you're really chasing after can be the biggest blessing or they could be the largest hindrance. Throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year, we ought to be testing the things that are going around us. Is this drawing me more towards God and his people or is this drawing me away from God and his people and then make wise choices? Because you can grow, it doesn't mean you will. And so we wanna build, as the Bible says, with care. Okay, so one last final piece of wisdom and we're gonna respond in worship. He says in verse 18, don't deceive yourselves. If any of you think you're wise by the standards of this age, you should become, quote unquote, fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, quote, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, quote, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise are futile, end quote. So then no more boasting about human Leaders, he's wrapping up what he said from the beginning of the letter. Chapters one, two, and three are all about one idea. Stop focusing on the groups within the church and keep united. So he's like, some people think it's wise to go down this path. And he's like, stop that. That's human wisdom. It doesn't work. Verse 21, no more boasting about human leaders. And then here's his rationale. All things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. He's like, okay, rounding out the argument, there are gonna be lots of things that are gonna try to pull you apart. Stay united. And guess what? Everything belongs to you because of Jesus Christ. And so everything that you and I need to grow in the coming year is possible. So third point, write it down and we'll think about it in the weeks to come. Growth is possible because we belong to Jesus. We belong to Jesus who himself is God. Therefore, everything we need is ours. We have eternal life, which means a life that lasts forever with God has already started now, we've been given the Holy Spirit, we've been given the Word of God, we've been given God's people, we can grow. But the end goal, uh, let me just give as a caveat, this year shouldn't be just your personal growth. Remember, you are part of the field, you are part of the building. So 
we do want to grow in our relationship with God, but the end goal isn't just my growth. It's the growth of what God is doing. So put simply, I want to be more with Jesus so I can become more like Jesus so I can continue to do the things that Jesus did. The end goal is always others and the kingdom of God and what God is up to in the world. But if you and I don't make fresh commitments now towards growth, then there are people, even within this church, that may not receive all that God wants them to have because you and I are, are not committed to pursue him and not committed towards growth. So this morning, let's just set the year right. Thinking about the last week and last few months and the last year, we'll be given a new opportunity. We've been given a new calendar this year. Let's commit to follow Jesus more closely so that we could be used by, by Jesus more often so that the people around us will experience God's presence and God's goodness even through us this year. So how do we respond? Where are we? Where are you? I can't answer it for you. And growth isn't automatic. But today, as the writer of Hebrews says, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. So what we could today, do today, which if we're given tomorrow, we could do again. Today, we can choose to hear what God is saying. And if he's been stirring you and this is resonating, then let this time of worship as the team comes and we, we take communion together and we sing songs together, let's make this a moment where we determine our direction is towards Jesus. So if there are things that Jesus is calling you to let go of, then you can, you actually can. And you can say to God with honesty, Lord, forgive me for, and then fill in the blank, but today I, I choose to follow you. There are some things that God's been stirring and knocking for you to engage in that you haven't, you haven't started yet, or you started and you just let it go by the wayside. You, you knew the plan and you started building, but then life got distracting. And for whatever reason, you've paused or stopped or gone in the other direction. If the Spirit is stirring you, then just respond to him and say, Lord, thank you for today's reminder. This year, today, this week, this month, as much as you give me, I want to grow in you. And friends, the good thing is everyone who asks what? Receives. And so this morning, we want to receive from God. So I'm going to invite you to stand together. And we're going to continue by singing and, and by taking the bread and the cup, the reminders that Jesus is with us and for us. And so uh, this morning, as we have every Sunday, our prayer team is just over to the left and over to the right. And particularly this morning, if you sense God stirring in your soul something that is real, I would encourage you uh, to take a step of faith and to receive prayer. And the way we do it here is just come uh, while the singing is happening. You just make your way and, and pray those things to God. And one of our prayer team will come around you and they're not gonna ask your name. They're not gonna have a long conversation. They're simply gonna pray God's goodness and blessing over your life. And I would encourage you, receive, respond. Um, this is the pattern for growth in the coming year. So Lord, we thank you that you're moving. We thank you that you give us these visuals to remind us that you want us to grow in our life with you. Now, Holy Spirit of God, we're available. Uh, search us, Lord. 
Search our inmost parts. See if there's any errant, wicked, wrong way in me. Lord, uh, do a work in your people this morning. And God, we want to respond in ways that honor you and live lives that honor you today and in the coming year. Help us, Lord Jesus. As we take that one step of faith, help us, Lord Jesus, and empower us to do your will. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.